Welcome to The Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. On this special episode, I'm thrilled to be sharing an excerpt from my recent season opener of my podcast with Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, The Food Professor. One of our most popular episodes this year, Sylvain and I interview a very special guest, Serge Boulanger, Senior Vice President, Procurement and Corporate Brands at Metro Inc. Serge talks about his rich background in marketing, sourcing, and grocery, the brand and the banner strategies for Metro e-commerce expansion, dealing with the pandemic, and what and how Metro's experiences during COVID era has changed the way they operate and approach the business that is relentlessly customer-focused. Be sure and check out the Food Professor podcast every two weeks and find us on our YouTube channel for extended bonus content from each and every episode. Now, let's listen in, starting with my podcast partner, Sylvain Charlebois. Uh, Serge Boulanger, welcome to the Food Professor Podcast. Uh, we're so happy to have you on our program, Michael and I. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the invitation, uh, Sylvain and Michael. So it's a pleasure on behalf of Metro to be with you this morning. Well, before we go into Metro, uh, the company you work for, uh, we want us to to have you talk about yourself, your journey, your professional journey, your career. Uh, how did you end up at, at Metro? Uh, first of all, I joined Metro almost 25 years ago in 96. You know, previous to that, I was... Uh, working in the, in the advertising, you know, world, but uh, I'm also a CPA, so I'm pretty good with numbers. <laughs> uh, but I joined Metro in uh, in 96, uh, and I was involved, I would say, almost 13 years in marketing, uh, mostly as VP marketing for the Quebec and Ontario division, you know, until 2009. Uh, after that, for a period of three years, you know, Eric gave me the opportunity to learn and uh, run our pharmaceutical division called McMahon, and the Brunet Banner in Quebec for three years. And mm-hmm. since 2012, I'm running uh, all procurement for all food and a, and a portion of uh, couture as well. Um, so, and uh, also I'm managing, uh, you know, some uh, manufacturing activities that we have at Metro, um, including the Premier Moisson, which is a artisan bread uh, network of uh, stores, but we also have some manufacturing uh, facilities. So, And you guys bought uh, Premier Moisson, what, in... Two, three years ago? Is that correct? 2015. 15, already? Yeah, 2015. Wow. And uh, we bought it from the uh, Colpron family. And uh, they stayed with us until 2019. So it was quite an achievement, you know, to keep them, you know, with us for, uh, I'd say, almost five years. And so far, it's a, it's a good success and it's a good... Uh, it's a good platform to develop the bakery, you know, business, you know, uh, with this, uh, I would say, small network as well as the expertise we, we bought for our own, you know, uh, baking products uh, under selection and other brands. So you've been in your current position for almost a decade now. Yep, nine years okay. almost then, yeah. That's great. Tell us about Metro. Uh, our audience obviously is uh, is nationwide and beyond. Uh, some people may not be familiar with with Metro because it's essentially located in the eastern part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's unique about Metro? What's different at Metro? If you were to describe an experience uh, in one of your stores, what is it like compared to your competitors? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to give you some, some idea about the size of Metro, you know, we are uh, basically running uh, almost a thousand food store, uh, as you said, mostly in Eastern Canada. Uh, Quebec is our main uh, market. 
uh, as well as the Ontario one we bought ANP in 2005. So, um, so this is, I would say, both the biggest two market in Canada that we're involved with and with the purchase of Kutsu uh, in 2018. So our scale of the pharmacy number of location went up now to more than 650 uh, with some location in Ontario under Kutsu and in New Brunswick. Um, so basically, we are, I would say, let's call it a major regional player in Canada uh, involved in food and pharma. Um, we reached out $18 billion of sales uh, last year. And we have basically an operating, you know, um, uh, results of around 9%, you know, uh, of operating incomes, which is, I would say, uh, best in class, I think, in Canada. As for the experience, for sure, we have different banner to serve customer. Um, uh, the discount segment is run under the Super C and the Food Basic banner in Ontario. And as for the conventional, we have one name, Metro, that we introduced in Ontario in 2009, I think. I was involved in this, you know, change of the banner, you know, in, in 2009 as VP Marketing. And I think what differentiates, you know, Metro, it's really the customer focus that we have. Uh, we think uh, we have uh, five different customer promises that we're working closely. And each time we're working on a project on a decision. So is it deserving, you know, one of the customer promises that we are uh, uh, promising to our customer? If not, we are removing this, this project or not focus, fo focusing on it. So um, it's really the focus. And this is why, you know, we have so many strong uh, program. If uh, we're talking loyalty with Metro and Airlines in Ontario, uh, we are investing a lot in the renovation of our stores concept, including and introducing new concepts. You know, uh, uh, sushi counter, uh, Thai counter, uh, HMR product. Uh, so I think what differentiate Metro is, uh, and also you know we have been recognized as very good operator. So uh, mm -hmm. as we see in retail, you know it's. Uh, 10% strategy and 90% execution. <laughs> and I think part yeah. of uh, the metro formula uh, success is, is the operation. Talk about, uh, if you would, Serge, so talk about Adonis. That's your one of your banners that is in the... Uh, it's a great, I have an Adonis close to me, actually. It's a wonderful store, mm -hmm. but uh, it's not uh, very well known. But it, it, talk about that and, and how that fits into your your banner strategy of, of overall, you know, the discount to the full line. Yeah. As I said earlier, we are really focusing on, on customer, you know, uh, offers and uh, within the regular banners that uh, we are, we were running at the time uh, in 2011, you know, we went to a partnership with the uh, uh, Shayeb family to bought 51% uh, of the share of the Adonis banner in order mm -hmm. to, address this new segment of uh, Mediterranean customer, Egyptian, Lebanese, yeah. um, and, and the offer, you know, of, uh, of, uh, of those stores is amazing. You know, uh, it's very a, different, it's, it's very different. Very different. Yeah. Usually, yeah. as you know, uh, the ratio between grocery and fresh product is really around 50-50. Uh, the ratio of fresh product in those stores are really higher than 50%. Full service, you know, labor-wise is uh, asking a lot from our employees. A lot of product are prepared at store level. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really a unique and, and, and different, you know, um, offers and experience for the customer. And what we are trying to do is uh, how we can import some of those products 
to make Metro and Super C and Food Basic banners uh, more a destination, having special product under the Adonis or Premier Moisson brand. So it's, it's part of the formula of the uh, of, of Metro, and this is what we're going to focus more and more, you know, in the coming years. I was I was going to say I often see or I'm seeing more Adonis product in my local metro so it's a nice blend of of the two there's a couple of products i go there specifically for they've started to appear now in the metro so it's a nice and does that go both ways for you is that that some of the opportunity and and the follow-up question to that is is how all this fits in we've talked about physical stores tell us a little bit about your um a the cross-pollinization of products between the banners and then be uh, let's talk about e-commerce for a little bit as well tell us about uh, tell us about that in addition to the banners yeah. as for politicization uh, we also started to introduce some of our private label brand you know in in Adonis as well so we're Making tests and uh, test and learn, let's call it this way. You know, especially in the Adam store, we just opened in Quebec City, um, mm. so it's um, it's 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 part of our I would say uh, test that we're doing. Uh, and as for you know your question about e-com, for sure with the pandemic and um, the, 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 we 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 had at the time uh, you know we, an e-commerce platform based on picking and packing at store level. Uh, but with the surge of the demand, you know, we had to make quick changes. And um, so actually we have, a, a, I would say, different type of, uh, of strategy, you know, to address a large area, uh, suburb or mm-hmm. rural area. Um, so we're trying to leverage our brick and mortar, you know, asset, putting, you know, the energy on the IT platform, making sure that the customer will find their product very easily. Uh, and as for the, uh, the logistic behind that, you know, it's, uh, it's, this is the part where we are trying to be more and more efficient every day and trying to reduce, you know, the cost of transportation, which is how it's a, yeah, um, one of the bottleneck, which is not easy because, uh, as you know, the grocery business is uh, low margin, and it's based on the fact that customers are coming, they supply the transport, they supply the manpower to prepare right. the orders. Right. A little bit different, you know, when you're going into the uh, e-com uh, platform. That's uh, no, it's uh, e-commerce is uh, is taking more and more space uh, for sure, and and many grocers are moving in in that direction, including Metro. You've been Incredibly successful with your private label uh, business. Uh, we saw what the Cane Grand Prix. You've won many, many prizes, many awards. Thank Congratulations, you. by the way. Thank you. <laughs> from from your standpoint, uh, what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now uh, when you're looking at the market in general? Uh, what are some of the things that your 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 team is uh, is taking note of? Actually, with the portfolio that we have, you know, we have four very clear brand addressing, I would say, different segments, which is selection, for example, which is the the national brand parity with value. Irresistible is addressing, you know, what we call the indulgent segment. Life Smart that we just make a spin off of the irresistible brand because customers were a little bit, you know, not understanding easily what the Life Smart or the Murzaid brand was, you know, so we, we did a spin-off of it, uh, as well as the personnel, which is the brand of the health and beauty that we bought from Jean Coutu. So we have, I would say, a clear 
way to address you know each segment and i would say what we are seeing is that uh, for sure private label it's not just about value more and more you know it's more and more about how we can differentiate ourselves with that and especially with the new generation they are um, less i would say committed to the national brand they were more open to buy other brands you know other than the national regular one and what we are seeing, you know, as the as the market is really uh, consumer are having two faces, you know, uh, the, the vortex and the cortex, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, in the brain. Um, it's that uh, people are more and more, I would say, uh, concerned about their health. Uh, and they want to go with plant-based product, less salt, less sugar, less, 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 or more natural, for example. And this is why the large smart brand is addressing that. But at the same time, you know, uh, they want to treat themselves. And the irresistible brand, which is, you know, the indulgent brand, you know, is doing very well. Uh, actually, you know, the, the, the chocolate bar at 70 to 95%, you know, cacao uh, percentage is going, you know, up and up and up uh, every every month. So it's uh, what we're seeing is that people are concerned about their health, but at the same time, they, work, they, they, they want to treat themselves. And mm. the growth actually... They want to seeing, indulge. Yeah, yeah. They indulge, yeah. And, and the growth we are seeing is really about, you know, those two segments that uh, are, you know, live, um, live smart and irresistible for the reason that I just mentioned. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's so interesting, right? I mean, and, it, and it, let me continue that thread of, of discussion. I mean, you, you've been at Metro, had a lot of different chairs at a lot of different tables, but you probably, I'm guessing, haven't seen what you experienced in the past 18 months, something all new to mm-hmm. all of us. Take me back, and this isn't a history lesson, but take me back to March 2020, when really, for many of you, it was dawning the magnitude of, of the issue was starting to happen. What, what was running through your and the executive team's minds in March 2020? And where I'm going with this is, I'm gonna, okay, now we're at the tail end of, of the pandemic. You know, what, have, what have we learned and, and what are you going to take away from it to, to make the, the company better? Actually, it's, uh, it was quite you know, an experience, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we used to have, you know, pandemic comedy, what will uh, happen? Because, you know, many years ago, we were, we were talking about the, the bird flus and all that stuff. Sure, know? sure. Nobody ever think that uh, at one time we had to send, you know, 100% of our people mostly at home, uh, especially on the office side. So basically, in March 2020, um, uh, the pressure was coming from everywhere because, you know, we, we started to feel a little bit more in advance in Ontario, the pandemic issue. Because, I don't know if it's because there is more Asian population and they were watching what was going on in China and all that stuff, but I would say 10 to 15 to 14 days before we we started to feel in Ontario a little bit more pressure in the demand from the stores and all that stuff. Mm. And when March 13 happened in Quebec, uh, as well as in Ontario at the same time, that they were basically closing the economy, within a few hours, there was a boom, you know, in, in the stores. Um, everybody saw, you know, the, uh, the paper gate, uh, the uh, bathroom <laughs> tissue issues yeah. and all that stuff. And when we have a, you have a business that it's, it's uh, based on a 2 to 3% growth rate per year, when we are switching 20 to 25% of consumption from, from within an hour to this network, it puts a lot of pressure in it. And it puts a lot of pressure for sure on the procurement with the supplier that I, will, I would say come back. 
but also with you know the network of stores, uh, how we were able to make sure that the security of our employee and the customer, because going at the grocery store at the time was not funny. You know, you were waiting in line. It was cold outside. Yeah. Uh, we were counting people. There were greeter. We were asking questions and all that stuff. So not an easy job, you know, at store level. So the operation people were really focusing on making sure that our employees were showing up as well as securing the customer. And I think on that side, the customer behavior was quite good because we didn't have, you know, a lot of uh, event that people were aggressive against our employees and stuff like that. So we were, I think people, Canadians, you know, uh, or have the reputation to be reasonable people. So I think we, we with the job we did with our employee and mm. making sure that our customer were, I would say, uh, having the wrong, the good, the good behavior, we, I think we did a good job on that side. At the same time, you know, I remember... Uh, big, Do you think uh, the public actually recognizes that, that grocers actually have done a... I've done a good job. Uh, probably, I mean, it was a miracle to just to see things happen uh, from say March to to May, uh, even June. And so, do you think the public actually appreciates what 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 happened over the last yeah. like, over the last several months? I would say I think so. Uh, I, I saw some results of some polls that has been made, you know, across Canada that uh, that uh, Canadians were trusting their grocers uh, about. You know the, uh, the the general way that they were we are doing business as well as our own uh, uh, survey that we're doing uh, with our customer promises. They are pleased, you know, to to do some comments. And uh, when we are seeing that uh, people were feeling comfortable in our stores, you know, those numbers uh, uh, are uh, went up. Right. So so I think we did a good job, and especially in a way to secure uh, the customer that there was uh, there was no way that uh, we will uh, not have the food available on the shelf and and um, um, there's a big tv show in quebec uh, every sunday night that reached to millions of quebecers and uh, our ceo eric has been involved and uh, uh, invited to the show and the first question the 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 anchorman you know asked eric was will it be you know a, a a, a non-availability of, uh, of food, you know, in our stores or in stores. And Eric, you know, called me a few hours before and say, hey, do I, am I, am I okay to respond? Yes. I'd yeah. say, yes, <laughs> you can respond. Yes. But at the same time, you know, a few yeah. minutes after, uh, the guy from Mel called me and said, I'm closing the plant, you know, in, in, um, in, in one of the plant in Quebec. And the supply will 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 be affected for a few days. So I, think, it was, I, I remember, if I remember, it was Yamashish. I think it that's was. That's it, eh? and yeah. it was the largest place of animal of Quebec. So, yeah. uh, so it was going all over the place within a few hours. And what I think we were quite successful, you know, it's yes, securing the customer and making sure that there was no more rush uh, to the stores, you know, for stockpiling from the consumer. I think the industry was good, you know, uh, we were good at doing that. And at the same time, uh, you know, even if the supplier were able to supply 100% of that demand, which was not the case, and we know why, because, you know, switching, you know, large format to small format, it's not an easy task, you know, for a manufacturer. And I know that because we are running some factory ourselves. Um, but uh, at the same time, there was pressure on the manufacturing side. But 
it was really also about our own supply chain, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, for sure, our truck was not fully full, you know, going to the store. But there's no way that our trucks and our infrastructure truck driver uh, employees in the D.C. that we were able, you know, to supply 30 or 25 percent more volume within a few days. So um, some of the people uh, said many times that the that the, um, the, the, the food system of Canada is broken. I don't think so. I think we, we did a pretty good job together with the vendors, with, the, uh, with our supplier, you know, uh, partners, because no Canadian, you know, uh, had to stockpile and the, there was no big fear about uh, that the, the food in Canada was not, you know, uh, uh, available for consumer. And, uh, I know some, some of my ac- academic colleagues have actually declared that. Uh, they've said that the system needs improvement, uh, is broken, and I certainly disagreed with them. Uh, actually, in fact, the pandemic showed that the system that we have, the industry that we have in Canada works very well mm-hmm. uh, together. And so uh, so I, I just want to thank you, Serge, for all the work you've been mm-hmm. doing because I know it's been very difficult since yeah. March Kept of food on our table. Kept food is on it, our table. Is it getting easier now or where are we at right now? I would say we're not we're not back to the same level, okay, because there is some product that uh, there's lack of... Uh, of um, of uh, raw material, for example, coming from outside Canada, um, and it's it's not it's not uh, clear to the customer, you know, for example, that uh, uh, most of our cereal, for example, are coming from the U.S. right now, you know. So uh, um, so there's a uh, so we're not back for many different reasons. For sure, the lack of uh, employees, you know, of labor in, in some manufacturing area, it's not easy. Um, so there's many reasons that we're not back, um, but we're in a way better position and it's, uh, it's a pocket of product. Let's call it this way that the cleaning industry is not back uh, to the same level, for example. Right. Right. Um, and sometime, for example, in our private brands, uh, because we were able with our partner to have a better service level than the national brand sometimes, I would say most of the times. Um, now the volumes on the private brand desire than it was before. So we have to adjust. Um, but I would say we are within one to two percent, you know, at the service level we, we were before the pandemic. Let me ask this question about, um, the organization. I've, I've spoken to many senior leaders like yourself and, and asked if they, if the pandemic has reoriented in any way the organization between the sense of agility and building an organization that can move quickly versus an organization that is, you know, planned out to the, to the penny. I mean, large grocers like yourselves have comprehensive planning to get that food on the shelf, and, and it's quite comprehensive. Is that mix for Metro changed with the perspectives around we just don't know what comes next and something else could come next so if you you know between agility and between planning um do you do you you think that uh, the experience of the pandemic will change that mix a little bit for metro i would say i think we are more agile than we were when we were before adjusting to peak demand for example so for sure you know it's a highly promotional uh, business you know with yeah. flyers and all that stuff and people are reacting for that so we were having you know that type of agility during the pandemic you know the 
the, the percentage of sales made on the promotion went down because people were shopping once at a time, not going to many different banners to do their shopping. So, uh, and the lack of availability, you know, on, on promotional item was sometimes also an issue. Um, so as for the offer and managing the volume, you know, that stuff in, uh, after, you know, the big surge, you know, we, we were able, you know, to, to manage that, I would say with, with, with the vendors, I would say, in a, you know, in a, not a perfect way, but I would say in an okay way where we, I think we develop more agility is how we, we're going in the new normal, how we're going to operate e-com. We talked right, about it, right. you know, a little bit, what will be the percentage of the sale in Canada, uh, going forward, you know, your crystal ball, uh, it's, uh, it's as much good as, uh, as, uh, as mine. <laughs> um, the growth, uh, slow down for sure. People tend to go back to some of their, uh, regular behavior, uh, but because I think now people, they want to reconnect. And we're seeing that, you know, actually in the consumer, uh, the number of transaction uh, going up, the basket size going a little bit down, uh, because I think people want to reconnect in their personal life as well as in their professional life, you know. And they're feeling, and they're generally feeling safer. I mean, as the percentage of the vaccinated yeah. goes up, they're, you yeah. know, they're, they can linger. Uh, uh, they feel like they can linger a little longer in the store and, uh, and yeah. you know. Go more and, often, I think, right? and I think there's two major things that will change. You know, I think the enterprise also took taste about, you know, reducing their cost of transportation, using video and all that stuff. Uh, more and more, maybe food shows and all that stuff will be in part virtual or something like that. Um, as well as uh, people will more teleworking, you know, it's, uh, so yeah. they will stay more at home, not consuming their food at the restaurant or having breakfast, you know, in early in the, mo- in the morning with, with, uh, with the supplier or with a, a colleague. So yeah. this is the kind of stuff that we're looking at and try to figure it out, you know, how the, the, the market will stay a little bit more, I think, mm-hmm. in, the, in the grocery business instead of the, in the hotel and restaurant and institution. So this 25% yeah. that I refer, 25 to 30%, uh, how long it will take to go back to a normal level and which, what will be this normal level? Would it be 20, 25%? We don't know. But I think down the road, there will be a portion that will stay within the grocery industry. Um, but, you know, 9-11 at the time, we were thinking that nobody will, you know, travel after travel, that. Yeah. And within 10 years, you know, exactly. the, the volume of, uh, of flight we're going was even higher than well, before the 9-11. Well, let, let me ask you this question, and I'll pass it to Savant for, uh, for our final uh, question. You know, a lot of your merchants would be on the road, traveling around the world, going to trade shows f- everywhere, finding the best, nicest, unique items is are you changing your perspective around doing that virtually versus in person or do you see them going back on the road uh, collectively as much as they did before like are you do you struggle to f- discover new brands or is that kind of adapted itself and you may not go back to the same level of, of travel for the merchants what's your perspective on that I would say, uh, I think we will go back on the road. Maybe not at the same level, but for sure, we, you know, food remains an industry that you have to feel the product, yeah, yeah. taste the product, talk with, with the suppliers, uh, especially in the fresh industry. Yeah. Um, we, we started a process many years ago uh, during our own importation of uh, produce uh, all over the world. 
last year, for example, we we imported for more than 31 different countries direct with the grower wow. from Costa Rica to different uh, country. And my people are, I would say, asking more and more where I'm going to be able, you know, uh, where I'm going to, when I'm going to have, you know, the uh, authorization to go back and see my grower of pineapple in Costa Rica. Uh, so we're, we're going to go back. You can't make those, it's hard to make those decisions in a hotel room seeing some product, right? Particularly in your food. It, it's oh, it's oh, yeah. walking the plant floor. It's going to the exactly. to the vendor and, yeah. and, and really seeing their operation, right? You, you, you really want to get behind the screen, so to speak, and, and walk those fields and and yeah. you know, know the people, right? You're in the food business, right? It's a very personal business, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and, and you know, as I said, you know, during the pandemic, uh, the uh, our private label brand, you know, uh, the, you know, the development of product uh, was going on, was still going on, but they had to regroup, you know, every usually it's a Monday morning, you know, to. Uh, approve packaging because you cannot approve the color and the the, the, the plastic or the the, the, the the packaging you know material you know over a computer so yeah. uh, so people were getting uh, you know uh, in the in the office with some rules and they were touching the product <laughs> and they were approving the color and all that stuff because you know we we had to continue to to develop our business so so and yeah. that thing that's why we're so successful with our packaging for example uh, and we have you know a good recognition for the market but uh, uh, in the food uh, business, you know, our people have to show up at the store to serve customer. They have to show up in the DC to 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 prepare the orders, and uh, most of our employees have to show up, you know, in the in the office, you know, to develop product, meet suppliers, go on the road, uh, see the factory, how they control, you know, their operation, uh, even you know the the ESG, you know, the uh, uh, the ESG rules that are more and more, I would say. Uh, under uh, over you know um, uh, people are asking how we are doing our business so going in the factory and see how they work you know it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty difficult yeah, yeah it's very critical so I'm having lunch today with uh, Xavier Poncin, uh, the CEO yeah. of, of Cial. Yeah, yeah, I know Xavier pretty well, yeah. Talk, <laughs> talk about a guy who's frustrated with Zoom and MS Teams and everything else. He, uh, I mean, to your point, Serge, really, to transact, to feel uh, food, you can't do it over Zoom. It's impossible. And impossible. so uh, he's, he's certainly looking forward to have people on, on the floor and tasting and experiencing food uh, next year it's not going to happen this year but next year for sure and hopefully hopefully i'll see you there at some point oh yeah and at other events as well yeah for sure you know i'm looking forward to to bring back you know a good uh, handshake with uh, with some of the um, of our uh, main supplier as well as uh, going to many food shows that i used to go in berlin for example and uh, which is the the platform fruit logistica for produce and all that stuff um, we we just launched a few days ago uh, with the participation of the bbc uh, a video uh, showing how we are working at Metro with growers of, for example, pineapple that I just mentioned and Maesk, which is, you know, a large cargo ship operator. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to send you, you know, the, 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 the link of that and maybe you can uh, share it with your, um, with, uh, with your group of people who are listening to the podcast. But uh, it's, uh, it's showing well how, you know, the procurement of fresh produce is uh, it's well managed, you know, within our 
organization. Well, listen, Serge, uh, on behalf of, of myself and, and Michael, uh, we want to thank you very much for uh, participating, coming on uh, onto our podcast. Uh, it was a great talk, great discussion. We learned a lot about Metro, and uh, and hopefully 2021, uh, the rest of the year in 2022, will be uh, less, uh, less eventful for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, uh, Sylvain, you know, for the invitation, and thank you, Michael, as well. Thank so, you, uh, thank you. Anytime you need to bounce and have some ideas or discuss, you know, anything about, you know, the food industry, I will be happy, you know, to talk with you again. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Voice of Retail. Be sure and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy podcasts so you don't miss out on the latest episodes, industry news, and insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating review as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Until next time... Stay safe, have a great week.